0: He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst.
1: Craig Biggins. Together
0: they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. (laughs) Ha ha! Welcome, welcome. You now listen to the transparent truth. Five star... Friday with my man GB, the GOAT Greg Biggins. How you feel? feel good. I feel pretty good. It, you How know are what? You? Hey, listen, I feel really good and I feel really good for a reason, GB. Do you know why?
1: I have no idea why.
0: We got a terrific guest, um, a five star college football coach on the show, interview with co defensive coordinator Keith Hayward at the University of Oregon. He sits down and talks with the GB about a plethora of things, not excluding his years playing, being an Oregon State Beaver, his trips around the country, coaching at different schools in the Pac-12 and also outside like Louisville, his current roster at the University of Oregon, including SoCal native Diamador, Lenore, Thomas Graham. Exciting interview, man. Really
1: good stuff. What do you think, GB. I'll tell you what, and I'm not trying to use... Sometimes, you know, we, we like to use maybe just a little bit of hyperbole to make a story maybe more exotic. But I, I truly mean this. Keith Hayward's 2001 Oregon State team that he played on that just destroyed everybody and dominated Notre Dame. If there was a playoff back then, a four-team playoff, I truly believe that Beaver team was a national title. They were that good. They were so good. And... Uh, It was fun talking to Keith. That was my favorite part of the interview was kind of rehashing those teams. And, man, talk about a guy going from Mike Riley to Dennis Erickson. You can't find two more diverse coaches. So that was kind of fun talking to Keith about that part. Yeah, no doubt about
0: it. And you know what, GB, I got to disagree with you on one thing, man. I do not know if they're going to beat Miami Hurricanes 2001, man. That was one of the most loaded squads ever. But I love that Beaver team had a childhood friend of mine, Patrick McCall, at running back with Keith Simon. They had a loaded backfield. Patrick and I grew up together, Victoria Park, Carson Pop Warner. But like you said, GBL, that 01 Oregon State team was very good. To me, they were the second best team in the country. They demolished uh, Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. Was it the Orange Bowl, GB, or the Fiesta Bowl? It was the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta yeah. Bowl, yeah. And uh, they were loaded. But I'm going to take that Miami 01 team. But nevertheless, we got Keith Hayward, Oregon's defensive back coaching. Assistant defensive back coach, co-defensive coordinator on the show for an interview, coming up real soon. But before we get to that, GB, we got to remind people about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep
1: technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll
0: beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. Um, so, hey, hey, GB, I'm ready to get it in, man. I, I want the people to hear this terrific interview. Please turn up your dial. Put the kids' seatbelt on. Whatever you got to do, lock in and load up. We got a five-star interview With a five-star college football coach, Mr. Keith Hayward, University of Oregon Ducks, right here on The Transparent Truth. All right, now we'd like to bring in co-defensive coordinator, University of Oregon, recruiting juggernaut here in Southern California and across the country, defensive backs coach Keith Hayward. Keith, how you feel?
2: I'm doing great Beautiful day out here In Eugene, Oregon Um, I'm I'm blessed And uh, thank you guys For having me on the show
0: Yeah, no doubt about it I got my man GB here With me on the line And uh, we got a ton of questions There's so much to talk about With you In terms of Your past playing days uh, Your present coaching days And then Your future, you got a big-time future. You're one of the hottest coaches in America in terms of recruiting, developing, and in-game adjustments. Uh, There's so much to touch on. GB's going to get us started. Greg
1: Biggins, take it over and do what you do. Keith, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. Known you for a long time. It's been kind of fun watching your growth from, uh, what, an Oregon State grad assistant to now, where you are definitely on the fast track to being – A head coach within three years that's my prediction for you Keith Hayward (laughs) but let's jump right let's jump in and talk a little about your college football career at Oregon State you are a beaver most people know that but for those who don't you played at Oregon State now coach at Oregon but Keith I want to talk about the 2001 Oregon State team probably one of the better teams that I've seen come out of the Pac-12 you guys are mean and angry and aggressive and had that Miami Hurricane chip largely because your head coach Dennis Erickson. But uh what do you remember most about that whole entire season?
2: Yeah, and you know, that was a that was a great time in my life. Uh definitely one of the memorable uh seasons of my uh, college career. Um, <clears throat> was blessed with the opportunity to play for Mike Riley, then he left to to uh, San Diego, and then Dennis Erickson came in, and I mean it was it was just awesome. That, you know, we had, and then the coaching staff there, with they assembled there's a, a bunch of guys from. L.A., you know, with uh, Chad uh, Johnson, who was at, a J- at J.C. Santa Monica College, uh, T.J. Ushmanzada, um, some other J.C. players, uh, Elko, uh, DeLorence Grant, Ladarius Jackson. Um, we had a-, a sleeper quarterback in Jonathan Smith, who's now the head coach at Oregon State. Um, but we were just competitors. Um, we were angry, had a really, really big chip on our shoulder, and um, just going out there just to prove everybody wrong. But we, we actually played harder in practice and practice was definitely tougher than any other games that we played in that year um uh, we stumbled that year at washington losing 33 to 30 um which was a back and forth game um and then you know uh at the, end of the, at the end of the year when it was time to be picked you know we were what like 10 and 1 um ended up a, a defeating Oregon when they had a uh, Joey Harrington, who Oregon was a hot team too. They were doing a, they were playing really good ball. Um, got selected to go to the Fiesta Bowl and cap it off in a thirty-nine. Uh, what was it three or no thirty-nine and nine? That's exactly what it was. We didn't allow them to sc- score any touchdowns. It was just three field goals. Um, but we were just a, a, a gritty team with a, a lot of celebrations and. You know, we just got after it. It didn't matter who, who, you, who it was. If he was on that opposing sideline, we were, we were coming to get you.
1: Keith, I'm kind of chuckling right now. because I can't think of two guys more polar opposites to play for than Mike Riley and Dennis Erickson. What was it like when Dennis first came in? I, I, I got to know just that first kind of introductory meeting that he had with you guys. I mean, did he kind of say, hey, Coach Riley was a nice guy. But we're gonna be co- go. We're going. We're going complete opposite. We're going renegade. We're gonna be talking trash. We're gonna be getting into fights. We're gonna get as far as like as far as like penalties. I mean, what was that first meeting with D.E. like? Wow. Um, I, I don't. I can't
2: exactly remember. But this is what I do remember about Coach Erickson is that um, he 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 loved to have fun. He wanted he wanted us to have fun, and you know he he, he would lead or lead some some pregame speeches with let's go out there and kick somebody's you know what and that would get people fired up and there was some other explicitors in there that I probably can't I shouldn't say right now but he was that type of motivator um, and you know he just didn't want you to worry about making mistakes one of the guys to play fast and and uh, you know he, he definitely had us. He had to pull the reins on us sometime because we, as players, as young guys, got carried away with some of the sort of celebrations that he allowed us to do.
1: Keith, <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was a point in the game against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame was good. I think they were like nine one going into your going into your game, but I think you guys had more penalty yardage than they had yards of offense. Was that's that correct? Yes. My remember that was that was insane. I think Notre Dame and most people probably didn't even know much about Oregon State or kind of how you played your style. But I, I, if Twitter was around back then for that game, it would have been hilarious to see some of the reactions because you guys beat them up so badly. It was 41-9, to 9, but that wasn't even – the score was closer than the actual game. Right. I, I, remember, yeah, you... I remember Chad Johnson flipping the ball before he got into the end zone. I, rem- yep. I just remember the constant celebration and the penalties, and, and no one really knew what the heck was going on because it was Oregon State. No disrespect, Keith, but they, you guys didn't have the national brand of a Notre Dame. What what was it like playing in that game and just kind of – did you feel like these guys, these guys referring to Notre Dame, were they just completely just stunned and had no clue what to make out of you guys?
2: Well, I'll tell you this. Um, uh, I, I, If I remember correctly, when we got – chosen to go to that game we were definitely happy but at the same time we were disappointed because we felt like we were the best team in the country Um, I remember we were sitting up there in the Valley Football Center as we were selected and I think like I was looking forward to playing uh, Miami because they had like Santana Moss Reggie Wayne and I was like those are the those are the best receivers Notre Dame did have you know the tradition and the prestige and all this stuff they were they were big and they were talking about all week how they were gonna run us over shove it down our throats but what they didn't realize is that we had that it factor uh, of that stuff in our neck and like I said before that chip on our shoulder where that wasn't about to happen so throughout that week that we spent out there in Arizona you know they were very arrogant and that was fine but they didn't realize that we had other dudes like James Allen, Darnell Robinson, um, uh, uh, Dennis Weathersby, Terrell Roberts. Um, we had dudes like that on that team who were straight dogs. D Rob, um, yeah. oh yeah, yes. Well, his 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 uh, Darnell Robinson's nickname was D Nasty. D Nasty, that's oh. right. <laughs> he was a bad boy. Yes, he, he he was he was great. I mean, Nick Barnett. I mean, I could just keep going. We had a ton of guys who were who are great players, DeWan Edwards. Um, but they didn't. I don't think they knew what we had, and we still had that chip on our shoulder because all of the media attention was going to Notre Dame throughout that week. And I remember they were talking about this fast receiver they had, Joey Getherall, and all this stuff. And I'm like, Joey, who? Like I'm Keith Hayward, you know. And when and, then and, and there's Dennis Weathersby. You know, and, and, and there's Calvin Carlisle, Terrell Roberts, and, and Jake Cookis, and Mitch Muson. So, it was like, we don't care who you got. You playing the Beavers today, and we're going to get after you. But, um, no, that definitely was, um, you know, we, we just had a great time. And, and and it was a great time to celebrate. And gladly, those penalties didn't hurt us that day because there were, like you said, there was a bunch of them. And if if there was a bunch, if we had more penalty yards than they had
1: offensive yards, that's their fault. I remember DeLorence Grant was just a monster that whole entire year. But what was it like? Not to, get, not to go away from that game, but you kind of mentioned Joey Gethra. I, I remember Joey back then. He was a SoCal kid. But you, you went up against Chad Johnson and, and TJ Houshmanzada every day in practice. I got to know, man, how much trash talking went on between you three?
2: Oh, it was it was trash talking all day and we had uh Robert Prescott <clears throat> um there was another guy who was just as talented as Chad that ended up not making it at because of academics Monjero Jones oh yeah but every day every day was a scrap and like like I said the practices was harder than any game that I played that year because I mean it you it, I couldn't hide as a DB it was like oh Chad's not on my side cuz if he wasn't it was TJ and then uh, or Robert Prescott motioned across the formation and then you had Kenny Simonton in the backfield you know you just had dudes all over the place so um but it it it, it was fun like it was it was a great team i think that it was the best team, obviously, in, in, in Oregon State's history, but I know that we were the best team in the country that year.
1: Hey, how good was Chad Johnson? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you see the, the highlights of him and, uh, you know, just the, the feet. You know, we had those feet that everyone talks about, and you saw the little video that came out not too long ago where you hear different people talk, Carson Palmer or um, John Gruden, uh, even Bill Belichick, everyone talking about just those feet. Was he as mm-hmm. talented of a receiver that you've been around personally?
2: Absolutely, he was. You know, because he was fast, he had good size, um, great hands, uh, along with the great feet. You know, he, he he just was putting it all together at that time. Coming <clears throat> and had that one year development under Coach Eric Yarbrough, who's with the Rams right now, and then also being trained um, in his early years in the pro with uh, Coach Charles Collins, who's now a uh, head coach at uh, Oaks Christian, um, but. You know he he, he had the, he had great teachers around him that that prepared him and, and Chad was just as advertised so you know what came out after he got to the pros of that personality once you know he was doing it at that level but I mean he was it it, it was not by any means an easy cover um, I got mine and he got his it was a daily battle for any DB or receiver like we we were very balanced as a team.
1: So Mike Johnson was on that coaching staff, wasn't he? On the 2000 on the, yes, sir. Uh, the What's a, So now that you're on the same staff as Mike, you guys ever talk about well, those old times? Well, that ever come up?
2: No, let me let me. So Mike Coach Johnson was on that staff or at the school early on, but Eric Yarber was the coach that year. He was All our right. receiver coach that year.
1: Okay. So Mike recruited a lot of those guys, correct? I think he A lot of the, you know, Chad and TJ, a lot of the guys from, you know, from the inner city and the I I, the story I heard was Mike brought a lot of those guys in and had some, like, 20 of the players on that roster was the story I was hearing. Um, Correct, correct. That is correct. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no. um, Again, dude, this is so fun, just talking about that season. That was literally such a fun team to watch. And just, unfortunately, you know, we haven't seen... You know, Oregon State kind of come come back to that to what they were, um, but I don't want to spend too much time with the Beavs because you're you are a duck now, Keith. But let's <laughs> let, let's move forward. Uh, let's move forward a little bit. Coaching career and spent some time at Oregon State on the staff. Went over to Washington. Went over to USC. Um, what what were some of the I, I guess the, the the biggest memories that you had from maybe coaching at Washington, and then what was it like coaching at USC and just. Kind of two schools that are both kind of, you know, I would say pretty elite programs, but I, I just, I mean, out after looking in kind of vastly different, describe coaching at right. Washington and coaching at USC if you can. Um, you know, at that time,
2: at that time when um, I was at Washington, USC was a school and Washington um, we were just there doing a great job recruiting, and, and like it is, I can imagine at any time at USC you have to be careful who they offered, and and uh, it was a lot of young men who had a chip on their shoulder that were angry because they were being slow played um, and weren't recruited by USC, and that's how you you come up with a, uh, a John Ross, um, you know uh, a, a, a Jermaine Kelly when he was there. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of guys just a, a number of players um, Elijah Qualls um, Shaq Thompson even though he was recruited by them but we, it was just a bunch of young men down there in, in the LA area um, Azim Victor who those guys weren't recruited by SC and you know, we had a great staff under Steve Sarkeesian um, and we, we got those guys up there and, and played some good ball But that's the difference. That was the, that was the, the, what it was then that those kids were underlooked and, you know, USC couldn't take them all and it was, a lot of it was because of some of the sanctions. Um, where everybody, I think a lot more kids grow up in a Stacey SC that's in their backyard and that's their school. But the reality is, is it all comes down to a numbers game because of of scholarships. But I think both schools, have great academics, great tradition, um, and, and, they're, and they're both good schools, you know, um, it just SC has that, the benefit of being right there in the hotbed to where every college coach goes and recruits, so they're a little bit more visible, and the kids see them every day, and Washington is in the Northwest, where you actually have to get on the plane, and then, you know, the kids maybe not as, not as familiar with Washington, but both great places that, you know, has tons of potential.
1: What was the biggest reason why, Keith, has, kind of looking back, why did you leave Washington to go over to USC?
2: Well, my head coach, Coach Sarkeesian, goes. And that was right. That's
1: right. Coach Sarkeesian <laughs> got
2: the job. Yeah, coach, coach Sarkeesian got the job. and um, You don't know what head coach is going to come in, and you were offered a job to follow your head coach. You better go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's still a great school. Washington is a great school and SC was a great school to go to at the time. And that's just kind of how things work out in this coaching business. Sometimes you have to go when you don't want to and sometimes you don't have a choice. You know, you you make the best decision with, with the information and in which you have right at the time.
1: Now, you, you brought in some great players at, at USC and and I've always said USC is probably one of those, you know, four or five schools I can kind of recruit at, at a national level almost just on brand name alone. But I know you guys were Grind or Sark And even Lane Kiffin, they always seem to have a staff full of guys that recruited really, really heavily. But, you know, at at USC, would you say, um, and I want to make sure I say this correctly, but was that as easy as it gets in order to just, I mean, you make a phone call and I mean, everybody returns that phone call right away, don't they? I mean, USC just kind of has that that kind of cachet that that not many schools can, can kind of match.
2: I mean, yeah, I would say you know uh there there's a logo factor there, you know, especially with me coming from you know Oregon State to washington to s c and and down to Oregon, and you get to a level where you know the logos all have that same uh, appeal, so but definitely there 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 is a logo factor there where you know you walk in the room and then the kids kind of gravitate to you to where um, unfortunately, before when I wore it, I was at Oregon State. I was just that you know, kids didn't you know they they were kind of rolled over there and they were looking, but they didn't come over. So <laughs> it's always that I was I was the uh, I was I just wasn't as
1: attractive at the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so enough about Oregon State and USC. Let's talk Oregon Ducks. You, you made the move. Um, there we go. Coming from Louisville. Go. Let's uh, do it. Let's talk about the Ducks. Yeah. What, what, what inspired you, motivated you to, to come West from where you were, um, university of Louisville to come back West university of Oregon.
2: Well, West coast is, is home for me. <clears throat> um, number one. And, you know, my wife, uh, ran track here and I've always watched Oregon competed against Oregon and this is just a great place. I, I think that, you know, this is a great program as is USC and Washington. Um, so it was easy. It was easy to come here. Um, and, and, and I'm blessed to be a part of this program under uh, Coach Crystal Ball now, and, and I'm grateful that Coach Taggart gave me the opportunity to be a part of his staff last year. But um, I think we, we have a, a great product academically and athletically um, to offer student-athletes to pursue their dreams of, of being developed as football players and to being developed as young people socially um, and spiritually, academically to, to achieve the dreams that they set forth, you know, um, for their lives. So um, this is, it was, it was kind of really, really easy. And I was thankful and to have the opportunity I had at Louisville. But when Oregon came about, I, I just like, this is something that I have to do. You know, it was best for me and best for my family.
1: How was uh, How is Coach Cristobal different from Coach Taggart? From a, a head coaching standpoint, how they run things, and just from a, a recruiting standpoint?
2: Um, you know, there's a lot of similarities, you know, to, to be honest, because um, both are, are really, really great at what they do. Um, but there are subtle differences. I mean, to point that out right now at the top of my head, um, you know, it would be really, really tough. But I, I just think that um, they're both great guys that, you know, that are going to connect. With uh, the young men um, both great leaders and um, you know I, I I think I think you know just I'm, I'm blessed to, to be able to be a to, to have coached underneath both of them you know to be honest so there, there's, there's subtle differences um, yeah like I said I don't know if I can name that out right now just because it's, it's tough but um, you know they both they both do a great job you know as coaches and and uh, recruiters and developers and leaders of men.
1: Hey, Coach, I, I know I know NCAA rules. You can't mention any names, but, but give, me, give me why I want to go to Oregon. Recruit Greg Biggins for a second. What is, what is Keith Hayward's recruiting pitch? Because I know everyone always talks about two things. They always talk about the great facilities, but even more so this year, Keith, I've been hearing a lot more kids say, you know what, it's not about the, it's just about the facilities. It's about the family feel, the relationships, and just, man, how much love that coaching staff is showing me right now. I feel like no staff is recruiting anyone harder than your staff this year. What do you feel is the biggest reason why kids kid should choose to go to Oregon?
2: Well, you know, I, in, in in general, just like you said, it's the people. Um, because that's what that's what makes the the difference in between the programs. When especially with a lot of the young men that we're recruiting, everybody has facilities. Everybody got uniforms. They're gonna have uh, nice dorms, and everybody's gonna have uh, <clears throat> good academic support. But what it comes down is the people um, that are gonna that that are gonna transition you from a young man into a, a grown man to make wise decisions and. Um, why did you come play for me at Oregon? You know, um, I, I've, I've done it here at this level and developed um, the, You know these young men for a number of years. I mean all the way back to 2005 when I started coaching um, One year outside of the Pac-12 so I'm, I'm familiar I played at this at this level in this conference, you know was a freshman, you know, you know a freshman all-american at, at this level and you know, my resume speaks for itself. I mean, just the development from Oregon State to Washington, the SC to in between my one stop at Louisville to here. Um, and, you know, you're going to get great. You're going to get you're just going to be around good people and, and be developed in all aspects of life, you know, academically, athletically and socially. Um, and I'm, I'm just transparent. I'm transparent. I don't uh, I don't need to sell anybody anything. I think that every every young man is looking for the right fit and they will find that right fit. It just depends on what they want. You know, there's great colleges all across this country, but there's only one Keith Hayward.
1: I'm ready, Coach. I'm uh, ready to sign right now. Give me that letter from intent. Hey, i got some eligibility left. <laughs> hey,
2: man, that's a
0: transparent answer from the transparent Keith Hayward. I'll tell you that. On the transparent Keith truth. always
1: keeps it. Keith yeah. Hayward always keeps it as transparent. Hey, so let's talk, let's talk your secondary right now. Again, you can't talk recruits, but you can talk who you have on your roster right now. All kinds of kids that we saw a ton of from the SoCal area. Thomas Graham, Diamandor Lenore, uh, Jalen Red. Uh, if you can, Keith, uh, kind of talk up your secondary right now. Who, who are the guys that are working hard that you feel are going to have a big season this coming fall?
2: Well, I I'd say this—they're all working hard, you know. Because um, the the, our, the young men on our our team are are very very hungry. You know, we left some things hanging out there last year. Um, we, we need to keep our, our quarterback healthy, as we can see. Justin Herbert is a is a is a great quarterback. Um, but in the secondary, wise, you know, like I—they're all working hard. You know, I, I see Thomas. And i see the amador at the corner spot those guys are both busting their butts um and doing everything right as well as verone mckinley and hockey woods you know which is which is awesome um at the the safety spot i mean i just have a a, a really good group with uh brady breeze um nick pickett um steve who joined us i'm excited to see javon holland um, and what he does once he reports, as well as um, Khalid Pellesee, you know, he's, a, he's another guy at corner. Uh, I, 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 I want to make sure making, he'll be here too. But, um, you know, I got a good leader in Ugo Amadi who played a lot of nickel for us last year. and We had to move him to safety. Um, and, you know, these guys are coming together. I see them outside working out. Um, you know, as I pass, they're out there on the, on the turf doing some things or in the sand pit doing some stuff. Um, and then I see them walking back and forth throughout the building. I'll say, hey, what are you guys up there doing? Are we coaching people watching some film um, and, and watching some individuals, you know, from last year? So it's encouraging, you know, because they're self-motivated. Um, who's going to do well? I hope all of them that's going to be vital to our success uh this season and i'm just excited for them to continue doing the things that they're doing um in the weight room with uh coach fell our, our strength and conditioning coach um continue to get stronger and faster and just be students of the game because um, that's that's the big thing you know you, you want to be students of the game and, and you definitely want to make sure that you're technicians um because it's not always the the best athlete that's uh, that ends up performing the best. It's, it's the guy who who's smart and can anticipate and. You, you have to be a smart player and a student of the game, you know, because you, be you, could, you could make yourself a half a step faster. That was me. I wasn't the fastest uh, in my secondary when I was playing at all. I definitely wasn't the biggest and, you know, I wasn't the strongest, but what I wasn't smart, I understood formations, I understood situations, um, and I put myself in the positions with the, the co- with the coaching that I had to execute the technique to be able to execute snap after snap. And that's what I expect from our guys.
1: Hey, Chief, you kind of broke up on me a little bit, but did you mention Steve Stevens? He's already enrolled, correct? He's already on campus? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, I, I did. I did. I did mention him. Steve is doing good. You know, Steve did yeah. a great job learning. Yeah, Steve did, did a great job learning throughout spring, our scheme, which is, you know, we try to make sure that that's a seamless process, even though it's a big adjustment, um, you know, coming in as a freshman, all these kids think they could play right away, but they for, they forget that you, you got to learn, you got to be mentally ready and physically ready and, 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 and they've been working out, but they forget that, okay, now you're going against other good receivers um, and and then you have to know exactly what you're doing so that way you're not slowing yourself down as a player by thinking. But Steve has done a great yeah. job learning our defense and he's made some plays um, in, in, in spring ball and, you know, I'm excited for him too.
1: So Keith, I'm going to ask you a silly question and I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask it, ask it anyway. What what is the upside of the Oregon football program? I know every school I could probably ask, you know, Idaho state, Hey, can you win a national title? And they would say, absolutely. But I'm going to ask you anyway, Keith, how good can Oregon be? Not next year, but can this team, do you have the setup in place with the coaching staff with your strength conditioning program, with the way you can recruit both locally and nationally, do you feel within five years that Oregon should be and will be a playoff caliber team?
2: Absolutely, a hundred percent. Here's—I'll give you two things that, I, I, if you look at last season, you know, and anybody can look at this and you can figure this out. There's two things that we got to do. We got to be much, much more disciplined football team. And what I'm saying is. Um, you know, the penalties, you know, the uh, pre-snap penalties, and we, we, we don't want to give up, you know, good teams uh, extend their drives or jump off sides on offense. You know, we don't want to put ourselves in a hole, so we got to make sure that we don't, you know, we just don't commit those penalties, those, those self-inflicted wounds. That's one. And number two, we got to play better on the road. We were great at home, six and one and on the road, I believe we were like one and four. Um, so we have to, we have to be better on the road, um, and, and, and develop that mindset and make that, make whatever, wherever we plan, make that our home field. And, um, you know, any time, anyone, any place, you know, we, we have to go in there with that mindset of just going and executing. It doesn't matter. It's a hundred yards and we, we, we have to play. So those are two things, self-inflicted wounds or penalties and then playing better on the road.
1: And my last question for you, I don't know if the other Keith on the call, Keith Miller ha- has a few more, but my last one for you, Keith Hayward, is uh, what is your best case scenario for yourself and your career path? I already mentioned at the start of the show, I think you definitely have all the makeup, your personality, um, you're smart, you you know football, you know the game, you understand recruiting, you, you get it. it. Is the goal for yourself, I mean, I know you would love to be a head coach, and you're not going to rush into something, but ideally, um, where do you see yourself in Four or five years from now, you
2: know, I would love to know, but I, I love it here okay. at Oregon. It's a great place, and like you said, yes, I do. I do want to be a head coach, and that's the goal. Um, but right now, um, I'm at Oregon. This is a this is a great place, uh, great fans, great administration. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to be working with Coach Crystal Ball, and, and the immediate goal right now is to help Oregon win a national championship. And that's all I want to do. I want to make sure my players graduate. Um, and that they leave here with their degree and they go home better men. That's my goal. And whatever happens between now and, and, and five years, um, that will be seen. But when my players come here, that they're they're they leave here leave me as better men and have their degrees and developed on the football field. I couldn't ask for anything more.
1: That's a great hey, answer. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's that a great beautiful, answer. Beautiful, key That should be on a Hallmark card somewhere, right there.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you, but that's the truth. That's how I
1: feel, yeah. No doubt about it. Well, Keith
0: Hayward, co-defensive coordinator, newly named co-defensive coordinator and uh, defensive backs coach, University of Oregon Ducks up there in Eugene. We appreciate you for joining the Transparent Truth. Good luck and have a great season,
2: coach. Yes, sir, Keith. Thank you. GB, thank you. Man, you guys stay blessed and go Ducks. Go Ducks. All right, we appreciate Coach Hayward for coming on. A good
0: friend of ours, G. Be a good friend of the show. Very, very supportive of the transparent truth. And we appreciate him for coming on, sharing his, his his past, his present, and his vision for the future, wanting to be a head coach. He says that's the goal. Happy where he is right
1: now at Oregon. and Doing a terrific job. He is doing a terrific job. He's a part of a great staff that really, when it comes to recruiting, Man, those guys are next level. Uh, every day I'm talking to kids and you ask them, hey, who's recruiting me the hardest? And it's nine out of ten times it's, it's going to be that Oregon staff. they got a, a great group, not just Keith, Dante Williams, Marcus Arroyo, um, got Joe salivate the whole staff. Sure. Mario Cristobal is probably the most active head coach I've ever seen from a, a recruiting standpoint. Mike Johnson, the receiver coach. Yep. Uh, Court Dennison. I mean, every guy on – I feel bad I'm leaving some guys out, but that whole staff really gets after it.
0: Yeah, Listen, a staff full of recruiters we, Listen, it's kind of like The Golden State work. You put a, a a basketball team full of shooters They're going to shoot And they're going to score And you better outscore them Or you better D up That's the Oregon coaching staff They got a team full of shooters And they're going to get their shots up And they're going to be 50% from the field Right now they are hot as a firecracker On a recruiting trail Suave poti, The latest to commit to the Oregon Ducks and man, they are tearing through SoCal like a '90s earthquake. GB, they're really doing a they great are, job. Man.
1: They are absolutely, and uh, you know that. The, the, I want to get back to what you said about the Miami Hurricane team. Okay. Maybe the best team of all time. So, my I need to go back and, and do my research. I, I I thought those were two different teams, though. I think the Oregon State team that won the 2001 Fiesta Bowl was actually, you know, that was a 2000 team, but they won their bowl game in 2001. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. So the Miami Hurricane team that was 2001, that was a different team than the Oregon State team. It might have been the so next he, year then. Yeah, I believe it was. It was the Oregon State 2000 team, but they won the 2001 Fiesta Bowl. Team. I so, got dude, you. I'm not taking do that 2001 Miami team. <laughs> oh, you can make an argument, right? Back oh, there's no question. Time, yeah. Although, I still lean toward 95 Nebraska. Yeah. But, no, that the 2000, uh, 2000 Oregon State team um, I thought was the best team that particular season. Just kind of want to clarify yeah. that real quick because yeah. I don't weigh my saying. I'm not taking anybody over that 2001 <laughs> Miami team. Okay. Just like, just like yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, no, that's a good clarification. And I'm, uh,
1: that, I'm a homer, but I'm not that much of a homer. Hey,
0: listen, you're, you're probably right. It was probably that 2000. Oregon State team, it was a 2001 Fiesta Bowl team. But nonetheless, they were loaded, man. They had a loaded backfield. They had two NFL receivers that could go. They have a head coach now who was their quarterback back then, Jonathan Smith. DeLawrence Graham, my boy D. Nasty at linebacker. Of course, Keith Hayward. Um, on the corner Along with a plethora Of other guys They had a loaded squad NFL players um, From top to bottom On both sides of the ball They could get after people And like you said Dennis Erickson man A player's coach He gonna light the fire Under you And then let you go And do your fizzle Oregon State Beavers 2000 team GB
1: 2000 uh, baby So you can make an argument Dennis Erickson Maybe a top 5 coach Of all time And look what he did At Washington State Yep Look what he did at University of Miami. Yep. Shoot, look what he did at Oregon State. Yeah. I, I mean, you can make an argument. I mean, if you if you're you know Nick Saban is obviously up there. Um, Urban Meyer. Gotta put Urban probably right. Sure. Uh, would you put, put maybe Pete Carroll? Was he there long enough to establish himself? Yeah, that? I think, I think you have five. to put keep Pete Carroll in that mix. Absolutely. I'm a I was a big Don, Don, Don I was a huge Don James Washington Husky fan. Yeah. But, man, but D.E. was doing it at places other than Miami. Yeah. He was doing it at places like Washington State and Oregon State that weren't really used to doing it and haven't done it since he left.
0: No, I so. agree with you. Um, I agree with you. You tell Listen, the quintessential players coach who could recruit, inspire the masses, and motivate you to play
1: outside yourself, D.E., Dennis he really Erickson. didn't care what you did off the field. Did I mean he really didn't care, right? I mean you could pretty much do whatever you wanted to do if you could ball. Hey man, go do what you want. I was I was gonna try to push Keith a little bit more and say, hey, give me a, give me some stories about some of your players. I mean, right. You guys can literally not go to class. You guys can mug people. You guys can steal laptop if you wanted to. punch your teeth. Like give, give me some juice. Give me hey. some dirt. But. Keith's not in that position to be able to tell those stories right now. He's a, you know, he's a football coach that's, that's right. still out there. So he's gotta keep it he gotta keep it
0: clean. Listen, we'll get him on the transparent truth in about 25 years or so, and we'll all sit back over a cigar and we'll talk about it amongst the three of us. But hey, uh, it was a joy to have him. Keith Hayward, a top shelf guy, top shelf coach. I know a husband, a father, and a lot of respect for him. We appreciate him. It's time for us to bring this baby to a close. Please follow the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Follow each show on YouTube if you don't have the platforms that we drop on. Without further ado, GB, follow my man Greg Biggins at Greg Biggins. Follow Coach Keith at Coach Keith underscore MP. That's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.